Good morning, good morning, Word of Truth Ministry family. God bless you, God bless you. God has blessed us to make it through another week. And we're going to do like we always do here at the Word of Truth Ministry family. We're going to talk about our confession of faith, what we believe in. See, we believe the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelations. We do not compromise the Word of God. We come from Revelations 22 and 19. And it says, and if anyone takes away from the word of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, from the things which are written in this book. See, at the Word of Truth Ministry, we believe that the, uh, that the Word of Truth, that the Bible builds faith, which empowers the purpose or our purpose in God. Now, if you have a Bible or whatever you have that you uh, recall these words that I'm about to speak, please verify the stuff that I'm saying is actually in the word. Again, my pastor Richie that I grew up with that passed away a couple of years ago, great man of God, used to always affirm that we need to make sure that we had the word in our hands so we can review the things that he was saying. I true, I too believe in this. So for our confession of faith, if you get the opportunity, please repeat after me. It says, this is our Bible. We believe every word from Genesis to Revelations. We live by it. We confess it. We trust it. We're led by it and we stand on it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we're going to go before the Lord in prayer before we get to this message and then we're going to run through this thing. It shouldn't take us very long. God gave me a good message. I, I think it's uh, encouraging for those out there that sometimes are going through struggles and don't really understand what's going on in their lives. It should give you some kind of clarification. So, Lord, we just give you the honor. We give you the glory for another time to stand in front of your, your people, Lord God, to Speak your words and let it not be me that they hear, but let it be you. Let them be encouraged by your words, Lord God, that they can do the things that you've called them to do. Give them strength in the midst of their trials and tribulations. And bless them, Lord God, in a time such as this, Lord God, that we can still be the standard keepers. In Jesus' name, amen. So the name of the message is, it's not time to get tired. If you have a neighbor, if you're doing a watch party, I want you to tell them today, it's not time to get, to get tired. So when I start thinking about getting tired, especially how we are, I thought about retirement and, and what the word retirement means. For example, I was talking to my neighbor yesterday and he's come to the point in his life that he said, you know what, I'm just tired. So he's ready to retire and to do some of the other things in life. So retirement I, and my description was I, I remember uh, I joined the service in, uh, in I think July 1st, 1988. And all of a sudden I went through this process and I never really saw the ends of what was going on. When I started, when I joined the military, there were things I wanted to do and some things I accomplished, but time just flew by. And all of a sudden I got to a point I was able to retire. Now, uh, why do most of us retire? Well, uh, most of us retire because we just get tired and we, we're, we just want to rest or we want another thing to do. We, we want to better enjoy our family. So we get older. We no longer can keep up with the responsibilities of the job. That was one of the things I, I couldn't necessarily do as I got older in the military. I couldn't keep up with all the PT, physical training and all this other kind of stuff. So it was time for me to move on. A lot of us develop financial independence, so there's no link, no longer the opportunity or the need for us to work. You remember how you retired back in the old days, your grandfather? Some of you all still have those things in your house where you retired after 30 years at the job and they gave them a gold watch. And I mean, they just cherish that watch because it represented the hard work and dedication they put in for 30 years. Now, so what are the benefits of this retirement thing? So for a lot of us, like for me, military retirement, I get health insurance for the remainder of my life. So those are things If you if some people get Medicare, Medicaid, some businesses keep carrying on because of what they are. They give you the additional health care that you need for the rest of your life. Sometimes you get a pension like me. I have a pension and God is good. So with this pension, it allows me to live almost at the standard I lived at before I retired. Others, 
it's a time of reflection. And you get to reflect through your spouse and you get to reflect through your children. You also get to uh, reflect through your grandchildren. You get to kind of live through them. I tell you about my father. My father, I remember every time there was a new child born uh, in, in the family, I would watch my dad come out and he would grab the baby and hold the baby, kiss the baby. And then he would walk outside with the baby. And I watched him lift the baby up to the sky. And I watched him pray over and dedicate that child to God. It was his reflection of his life. And he understood the purpose that God had put in him. Now, it also gives us the ability to start enjoying an unrestricted life in a sense, you know, because normally when you retire, your kids are out the house. You already paid for college for them and you get to enjoy like vacations. You can travel around the world. You can do all kinds of things to kind of refresh yourself. Right. You get family gatherings now where you can bring the whole family in again, part of your reflection where you can enjoy the members of your family. And then, you know, like everybody else, I'm sure you get the thing called the honeydew list, which are those things that they always wanted you to do. But now that you're home and you didn't have time before, now you have time. The question I would ask most of individuals retiring today is, did you foresee the way things turned out? And did they uh, did you expect them to be able to you expect to be able to do the things that you're doing now? And did they really believe in the process of doing great work with reserve reward and great reward for life? See, this is a message of sowing and reaping. It's not a time to get tired. We're going to come out of Galatians 6 and 9. Galatians 6 and 9. Very, very familiar scripture. And we're going to talk about this. I'm going to probably reiterate this a little bit later. This is not so much a message about money, but this is a message about souls. Now, it says, do not let yourself get tired of doing good. If we do not give up, we will get what is coming to us at the right time. It goes into this analogy about farming. Farming is not easy. It takes patience and perseverance. This is all based on perspective and expectation. Everything we do should be based on our perspective on God and our expectation of the things God has said he's going to do. See, a farmer must develop the right perspective about his profession so he can walk towards an expected harvest. We, as Christians, we have to have an expectation that we're going to do the work, even though we may not see the actual harvest, but we'll do the work in expectation that the harvest is coming. See, when a farmer plants a crop in the springtime, he can calculate with reasonable assurance the time of the harvest. Of course, there are always variables to be taken into consideration, matters such as changing weather patterns, you swarms of destructive insects and the like. Still, with the aid of the farmer's almanac, or more scientific agricultural techniques. The wise farmer can usually depend on the expected timetable of seed time and harvest. Now, not so much in the spiritual walk that we do. See, one of the great frustrations in Christian ministry and a principal cause for weariness and well-doing is the inability to calculate the spiritual outcome of faithful labor in the work of the Lord. So for this reason, we must be cautious in putting too much stock and what we often call visible results. We serve a sovereign God who has promised that his word will never return void. The ultimate harvest is assured, but it will only come at the proper time. That is, in God's own given time. See, this is not a message about money, even though financial blessings can and will come to many. For example, I have an example. This is, I was looking them up and I was researching this because a lot of times, the Bible says God will reign on the just and the unjust. 
Now, I'm not saying that they're unjust men. I'm just saying this is the principle God has told us. So, for example, if you look at someone like Bill Gates and the, the Bill Gates is called the Bill and Melanie Gates Foundation. Over since 1994, they have given $45.5 billion to charitable causes. Now, billionaire investor Warren Buffett, he has pledged to give away 99% of his wealth. This year, the Oracle of Omaha, Omaha, correction, of Omaha donated $2.9 billion. And since 2006, Buffett total charitable contributions have totaled over $37 billion. Yet their individual net worth is respectively Bill Gates at about $106 billion and Warren Buffett at $80 billion. $80 billion. So it's funny that they've given away so much money. But if you track the history of their worth, when they started giving money, their net worth increased. It's the time of seed time and harvest. See, many of us through our hard work, persistence and dedication are living in the harvest of retirement. We sold in and now we're benefiting from the contributions of that work. However, in Christianity, we sometimes get discouraged because we do not see the physical manifestation of some of the work we have done. I'm speaking about soul winning here. See, I remember a time when I was stationed in a place called uh, Holloman uh, Air Force Base in New Mexico. And we had some friends there that uh, we dearly love and we're still friends now. It's, it's uh, almost 30 years next year. We will have known them. But we used to do a bribery type of thing, my wife and I, because I could cook, my wife could cook. And we used to make the best Kool-Aid on that side of the Mississippi. It was so good that I'm telling you right now, they used to walk in the house, grab a cup of Kool-Aid and immediately put water in it because it had so much sugar. It was a way to draw men. So what we did at this time was we were young, young in the Lord. But we used to invite our friends. Listen, this is the deal. We made this deal with them. Hey, if you come to church with us on Sunday, then we'll cook dinner for you. So a lot of time they would come to church on Sunday and then we would cook dinner. And we just did this repetitively, repetitively. We left there and, and their lives changed, but it hadn't changed the way we thought maybe it should have changed. However, through time and through us living the way we were supposed to live, there became a change in their lives. I could speak proudly today in Jesus Christ that my friend, he is now, full-time in ministry, he is a pastor himself, and God is doing wonderful and miraculous things through him and his wife's ministry. Because you know what? I didn't see the actual end of it in the sense of I was working, and before I left with them, I saw the manifestation. But God was still working on his behalf to get them where he needed to be at the right time. So here, here's another example of someone that was persistent. Even when he saw no results, I know many of you all have heard of William Carey University. Well, William Carey was a lifelong missionary. He arrived in India in 19, in 1793 with a burden to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who had heard, not have heard of Jesus at all. A lot of them were into Hinduism and other kind of things, and they were kind of in bondage and didn't pagan gods. But he went there per se to say, I want to tell people about Jesus Christ. For seven years, he proclaimed the gospel message for full, uh, faithfully, week after week, month after month, with not a single native of India converted to Christianity. Through years of struggle and doubt, Kerry was often discouraged, but never defeated. To his sister back in England, he wrote a letter. I'm going to read this letter. He wrote his sister. He says, I feel as a farmer does about his crop. Sometimes I think the seed is springing, and thus I hope. But a little blast and all hopes are gone like a cloud.
they were only weeds which appeared. Or if a little corn sprung up, it quickly dies, being either choked with weeds or pursed by the sun of persecution. Yet I still hope in God and will go forth in strength and make mention of his righteousness, even of his only begotten son. Not until December 28th of 1800 did he see the first person get converted to Christ. But at the end of the day, he never gave up the fight. See, it's not time to get tired. There's too much work to be done. There are too many people out there that need to hear your words. There are too many people out there that are watching your walk. There are too many people out there in need of hope and encouragement. And who better to do it than you? You have lived a life. You have known Jesus as yourself. Yesterday, my wife and them had a testimonial service online, and many women were delivered by the testimonies of others. Those testimonies and your testimony is what we need to tell the lost that if God can do it for you, he can do it for them, that they're not lost, that God can bring them back and God can restore them in relationship and God can give them eternal life. It is our responsibility as Christians to not get tired, but to walk this thing out. See, God promised us in Luke 18, 29 and 30. Luke 18, 29 and 30. He says, truly, I tell you, Jesus said unto them, no one who has left home or wife or brother or sister or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much as this age and ages to come eternal life. See, in this age, in this present life, Believers may lose their family members as a result of following Jesus, but they will receive a much larger family, the family of believers. What a person gives to God is returned many times over, not just in this age, but even in the age of the come. Now, many of us, I, I don't know about you, I know many people get saved and, you know, I was zealous when I, when I got saved. I wanted to tell everybody about the good news of Christ. So I went out, I was 12 years old when I got saved and I was trying to explain to my friends how I felt and how I felt so fresh and new and how God had renewed my spirit. I lost some friends, they couldn't understand. A lot of us, when we, we get saved, we go out there and we're aggressive about the things that God has done for us and how he saved us and we see the new changes and things that happen in our lives. But when it happens sometimes, what ends up occurring is some of our family and friends don't really want to deal with us anymore because they feel uncomfortable. They think that you're judgmental. When you're not being necessarily judgmental, you just want to tell them about the goodness of Christ. It is our responsibility to share our knowledge, but God teaches us to do it in the wisdom way. It teaches us to do it in timing, that we can give them the word of God with the expectation that they will receive it when God wants them to receive it. Now, again, I'm not saying that our works will get us into heaven because your works won't get you there at all. There's nothing you can physically do that's going to work, that you can do in work that's going to get you into heaven. This thing about getting to heaven is a faith walk. It's about us committing ourselves to God, believing in Christ, and walking this thing out the way God has called us to do. But God requires us to work while we're here, while we have the opportunity, while things are present, while people are present, especially during this time of COVID, especially during this time of unrest, especially during this time of all the stuff that's going on with this election and having a new president, a new direction for the country, no new direction for the country. Right now, people are looking for answers. They're looking for solutions and they're looking for peace. What better or who better to give them that than Jesus Christ? And how do they get that? Through you sharing with your friends and your family, with you sharing with your co-workers and with you living a life that when people see you, they see Jesus.
Now, the word says in Matthew 9, Matthew 9, 37 through 38, it says, he said to his disciples, see, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. See, just as the time of reaping will come at the proper time. So now we must make a good use of the present opportunities to sow the spirit rather than the flesh. This is not a time for us to try to go out and do things that's just going to benefit our flesh. This is a time for us as Christians, as the body of Christ, to stand and tell people about the good news of Christ, to walk this thing out, to share with others, to live a life before them, and to encourage them to be the standard keepers, not judgmental, but to treat people in love because God says, with love and kindness, I will draw them. And if God can draw them with love and kindness, how much can we use the same love that God has given us when he told us to love our neighbors as ourselves? If we can do that and tell people about Jesus and show them how God has blessed us and changed our life and show them and reassure them at the end of this life, this is not just it. They will live in eternity with Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior before before God in the presence of other Christians. See, we are the workers that God has appointed for such a time as this. We must continue preparing ourselves for the opportunity God is making available for us to speak into others' lives and to live faithfully as God has commanded us to live. See, the freedom of Christianity is a freedom of service in the moment of opportunity. As Christians, we have an opportunity in this country. We have an opportunity around the world to tell people about the good news of Christ. We live in the United States of America. And I said the United States, 50 states, many territories strong, built in a constitution around God itself. We have a liberty and freedom to tell people about God. Why not for us that believe the body of Christ? Why not every day? Let's make it a little bit larger. Let's invite a little bit more people every day. Every person you come in contact with, give them some Jesus. Let them see the differences about you than others. Share the knowledge that God has given you and walk in front of them the way that it would encourage them that if you can do it, they can do it. We see the time for harvest is forever set and divine date book. God already has the date set for the harvest. Because this is true, therefore we have opportunities. Let us faithfully fulfill the ministry God has given us to do. See, we all should be seeking the Lord for the opportunity to, to share words and to reach the lost. We, we must ask the Lord to renew our strength daily. As it says in the scripture, Isaiah 40 and 37 through 31, it talks about renewing one's strength. It says, O Jacob and Israel, Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. O Jacob and Israel, why do you say my way is hidden from the Lord? My God does not think about my causes. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The God who lives forever is the Lord and the one who made the ends of the earth. He will not become weak or tired. His understanding is too great for us to begin to know. He gives strength to the weak and he gives power to him who has little strength. Even every young man gets tired and becomes weak and strong men trip and fall. But they who wait upon the Lord will get new strength. They will rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weak. Ain't that a blessing? 
See, the reason for the question was the people at the time, they said either they believe it was during the Babylonian captivity or the Assyrians coming to get them and, and what they were going through. They were in a position that they expected God to step up and to defeat those that were coming up against them. And they didn't realize that they were in total disobedience. And this is a consequence of their disobedience. So in this, they, they had this feeling that they were left alone and they were by themselves. Now, it's talked about the reason for the question was the people were being were going through something but did not see the hands of God. Many times in our lives, we we go through things and we don't see the hands of God. Now, uh, we also feel the same way they felt. See, the author asked a rhetorical question here. It actually was two that the hearers should have already known the answer to. We know the answer to as well when we understand what I'm about to explain to you. See, let us recall who God is so we can answer the questions we sometimes have for ourselves. First, God is everlasting and eternal. Having no beginning or no end, therefore, there is nothing in the past or in the future that is outside his knowledge. God knows all. He is all. God is the creator of the whole earth and everything that's in it. God created everything. Therefore, there is no nation or group of people on the face of the earth that is outside the knowledge of his control. Listen, I'm telling you now, God can touch any country, any nation, any person. He's not a local divine being who has limited control over a small territory or just one part of nature. God is in control. You allow God to control your life. You allow God to move in your life. You allow God to direct your life. And then sometimes you're still going to go through trials and, tri trials and tribulations, but he will renew your strength in the midst of it. His creative power and control extends to the limit of civilization and the limitless expansion of the heavens. God is powerful. To administer the affairs of thousands of stars in the heavens and the billions of people on earth, never being bringing fatigue or weakness, he's he's uh, he's never becomes exhausted. Therefore, he's never worn out by a large task or nothing is too complex for him to figure out. Because sometimes we think, God, you know, our problem is so big. And then how did God deal with our big problem when the person next to us has a big problem and somebody else has a big problem? Well, we have a big God. And we should be measuring our problems based upon what we think they are. Measure our problems upon the bigness and the grace and the mercy of the God that we serve. See, God says there's nothing impossible for him that if we seek his face and his knowledge, listen, he'll direct our paths. Listen, sometimes we're going to have to go through some things, but if we can just trust the Lord in the middle of that thing, we will overcome it. Let me encourage you today, as you go through the things you're going through, God will help you overcome. Some of us are experiencing deaths in the family, sickness in the family. Some of us experience all kinds kinds of financial strain. Some of us had COVID and thought we were going to die. We've had people in our lives that have had COVID. We've had all these things going on right now, but I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, declare and decree to you that God can bring you through it. And if he doesn't bring you through it, and if you know him as your Lord and Savior, you'll be in a better place, a place where you will be in the presence of the most high and powerful and merciful God. Four, God's wisdom is unlimited and totally beyond human comprehension. Therefore, there are no loose ends or uncontrollable circumstances of fate that overtaxes God's ability to keep track of them. God knows everything. His wisdom is, oh, we, it talks about his thoughts and his ways are not our thoughts and our ways. Sometimes we try to rationalize or we think we try to rationalize how God rationalizes. How can we do that when we don't think the way he thinks? Because God gives us mercy when we don't deserve it. And if you look in our lives how we don't display mercy like God does, understand, thank God that he's not like us in that sense. Our job is to be more like him. 
Christ had the opportunity to stone the woman that he caught in adultery. He had every opportunity. He was the only self-righteous person, right with God, had not sinned. He could have thrown the first stone. Many of us would have tried to throw the stone. We would have forgot about the things we've done in our own lives. But see, through love of God and through the understanding and relationship with Christ, we don't throw the stone. We restore, we rebuild, and we help them move along in Christ. See, these confessions of faith profess God's involvement with every time period. See, every space or territory in the universe, every detail of life, and his total understanding of what has, does, and will happen throughout the heavens and the earth. God has not left you alone. He is aware of what's going on, and he is just there waiting as time for you to go through what you need to go through, and he will give you strength if you lean and depend on him. See, hard times often come because people are weak and weary. When you get weak and weary, it's so easy to, to make things a little bit uh, more difficult for you or to get you in trouble. Uh, it talks about somebody, I, I talks about if you get if you get hungry and this, that, and the other. I mean, if I was hungry and I hadn't eaten in a few days and someone tried to rob me, the ability to, to actually protect myself would probably be diminished. But if I'm eating, they do that in my strength, right? I'm just saying physically. Physically, I could probably defend myself a little bit better. It's no different with the enemy. If we're not eating the word of God, if we're not staying in our word, if we're not fellowshipping with other saints, if we're not building our faith, we start to get weak and weary. And when things come up against us, it makes us more susceptible to fall and it makes us more susceptible to sin. It says because they have some because they have sinned or because they do not understand some part of God's plans. See, God has a plan for your life. You have purpose. You're not just here to exist. You are an important part of the body of Christ. There's some words in you that no one else has. There's some things that you've experienced that no one has experienced the way you have experienced them. There's some things that you have seen that no one else has seen. And God wants you to share that knowledge and that understanding with your brothers and sisters. It talks about that we're won by the words of our testimony, right? By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. See, a lot of us say we're not ministers and I, I can't preach and I, I can't teach, but you don't realize that your testimony is the biggest message in the world. If you could just tell somebody how you may have had cancer and how they said one thing and they said that 10 years ago and here today, 10 years later, you're standing and proclaiming and declaring Christ. You tell me that's not a testimony. You tell me how you may have had a car accident and they had to cut you out with the jaws of life and all you had was a scratch on your arm or scratch on your head and you were fine. You don't think that's a testimony that know that no matter what things may be crushing in on you, if God is for you, nothing can be against you. See, God is the one that gives them extra strength or gives you extra strength. That, that you won't become weary and, and you will grow, you won't grow tired or weak during your times of hardship. See, God is not absent, unavailable, or unwilling to help. He's not. But everything is done in time. In order for you to get off of milk, you have to go through something so you can take, be more palatable to the things that you need to be palatable to. If you only drink milk, you will never be able to reach those people that need you to be talking to them with meat. It is our time as Christians, not just to be talking about the ones that are unsaved, but even those that are mature in Christ. It is our time to share with those 
that are babes or those that are teenagers in Christ to grow them up to the point that they can maybe surpass where we are. It is our time to take the responsibility to push and push and push regardless of how we feel and regardless of what we see. It talks about complaining about present problems will not make anything go away. The solution to the solution is to recognize that everything that happens is part of God's sovereign plan and that God freely and abundantly gives a portion of his strength to those who need it in difficult times. Through human weaknesses, his power and glory are displayed. Now, here's three things that will help us endure test trials and tribulation and allow us to continue to push in this walk with Christ. First, one must come to the realization that God's strength is needed. We can't do it in our own strength, just like we can't save ourselves. We only can be saved by God. We have to acknowledge that we need God's help. Everyone knows that they sometimes grow weary. Even young, energetic uh, overreachers burn out if they work too long or too hard. The best and the brightest are not immune to failure. That's why we as human beings must reach to the most high and most perfect God and Jesus Christ. And through him, he can empower us to do the work of the ministry. Two, second, in uh, verse 40, 31, the meaning of overcoming these problems is to tap into God's strength. It's called koa. By finding hope in the Lord, strength is available to replace, exchange, renew those who are worn out. God will give you strength to carry on. God will give you strength when you don't see the results that you're looking for. God will give you strength when you're going through a test and a trial. Third, a prerequisite for this transformational change is the placement of all expectations or hope in the Lord. See, this hope is an act of uh, dependency on God that patiently awaits his timing with a confident expectation. This trust in God will replace any false leaning on a person's own strength. We cannot lean on our strength because we cannot carry the weight. We weren't built for it. Placing hope in God implies that a spiritual bond exists that allows people to admit their own helplessness and to commit their welfare completely in the hands of the strong and powerful God that we serve. The act of trust will enable God to replace human weakness with the powerful metaphoric soaring wings of an angel. Their weary legs will be transformed into strong legs. and They run fast. The fainting person will be able to walk for miles. Trust in every trust is never easy. It's not because we're so look, used to looking at things with our eyes. But our faith is not based on what we see. Our faith is based on our God. But it is easy, but it's a key to unlocking God's power. We must, we must trust the Lord. Trust enables people to walk in the path that God has chosen for their lives, whether it be pleasant or unpleasant, without growing weary or wanting to quit. See, I want to leave you today the way we started. Just like the farmer that plants a crop and weather, storm, insects, and drought appear to destroy the harvest. If you ever get a chance, go back and look at the guy that grows a vineyard. It takes about seven years before he gets his first set of grapes. But he has to patiently wait in anticipation through all the things that may happen over that seven years. In the perfect situation, in seven years, he shall reap a harvest. 
But you will see sometimes because of drought and rain and other problems, they may extend that time because you may have to replant again. But you'll see something about them. They'll continue and continue and continue the replant. He does not give up. He tries again and again. We as the Christians and the children of God and the body of Christ, let's remember that we, we will have problems, test trials in this life. There will be times that we do not see the fruits of our labor or here on earth. There will be times when we get lonely and feel that God is not hearing and he ain't feeling us. When these things happen, go back through your life and recall the mediations of Jesus made on your behalf. Uh, you have to use your resume of Christian experiences. We have a resume of all the things we have endured during our job and learned through employment that every time we apply for a new job, we say, I gained these skills from the experiences I had on this job. We need to use that same ideology or same process when it comes to our Christian walk. You have learned things through your tests and trials. And every time you go through and you come out of one, you, you may have a moment of peace where you can recall and reflect upon how God has delivered you. What I need you to do is never forget about the deliverance. That when you start to go through your next test and trial, you can go back and reflect from the skills and abilities that worked the last time. Because if it was faith and trust in God and patience in God, I can guarantee you faith trust and patience of God will work the second time. We, as the children of God, have to understand that our previous experiences could bless us as we go through our new experiences. It says there will be times that we do not see, feel, or do it, right? It says, but when these things happen, go back through your life and recall the mediation of Jesus made on your behalf. Stay encouraged about the promises of God. I need you to, to read your word, to, to build your faith. Nothing helps you transition through a trial and test than the word of God. Nothing helps you transition through the trials and tests than knowing who Jesus Christ is. Nothing will help you transition through the trials and tests to know that God is all powerful. He is bigger than any trial. He is bigger than any test. And at the end of the day, you are assured the promises of God, whether you be here on earth or whether you be in the presence of the Lord on the other side. Read your word to build your faith. While you're feeling alone, just rest in God's strong arms. And remember how we started this thing. Galatians 6 and 9. It says, do not let yourself get tired of doing good. If we do not give up, we will get what is coming to us at the right time. There's so much work that needs to be done. Someone is waiting to hear about Jesus. Someone just wants you to tell them how good Jesus is. Oh, my God, he is the best. He can make you free when you're bound up by so many things that are going up in the world. He can give you peace in the middle of a storm. He can solve any problem you may encounter. And he is the one that can give you rest and strength. Someone is in need of prayer. You say, I don't know how to pray. But you pray for yourself every day. They're just looking for someone to touch and agree with them, just a touch. And say, you know what? It's going to be all right. The reason I know it's going to be all right, because God saved me and God brought me through. And if God can save me and bring me through, he can save you and bring you through. We need to be the person standing on the wall for those people in need of prayer. Someone is in need of a word of encouragement. Sometimes it seems like all things are broken down and everything is a mist. 
it's time for us as Christians to say, stop looking with your sight. Don't look at what you see. Just look to God because God is where your help comes from. We have to be the ones to give them a word of encouragement that Jesus loves them and he would never leave them nor forsake them. Someone just wants to feel loved. Man, isn't that important? The Bible talks about in Matthew, there are two things that God said that encompasses all the, the, uh, the, test, the, uh, the testaments or all the actual commandments of God. The first was to love God with your whole heart, soul, and mind. Right? The second one is like to the first, but you love God. You love your neighbor as yourself. Our job is to love on people. Love on believers. Love on non-believers. Make sure everything we do displays God's love. Even when they make you frustrated, even when they do things that disappoint you, you can still talk to them in love and treat them in love. Show them the God in you. See, timing is everything. So we have to be ready. We got to be prayed up and we have to be fasted up and we have to be rested up to be able to do what God has called us to do. We can't get tired yet. So in times of difficulties, peace and stability will come over you when you remember who you serve. He's the eternal, he's a faithful, and he's the most powerful God. God loves us so much that he gave his best to ensure each and every one of us salvation, eternal life, and a relationship with him. He gave us Jesus Christ. He talked it back in Genesis 3, 14, 15, and 16. He told us back then, it came through 40 generations. Jesus came here for 30 years. He was learning and growing. His ministry started at 30. And for three years, he did everything he needed to do to put us in a position that we could be in relationship with God. Won't, don't you want to share that with other people? I'm sharing it with you right now. And I need you to share this with every one of your family members. Tell them how God sent his only begotten son because he loves us so much. Notice I didn't say loved. He loves us. He still loves us. And he gave and is still giving to us because he wants to be in relationship with us. God loves us so much. He gave his best. He gave us to ensure we have salvation, to ensure we have eternal life, and ensure that our relationship with him is established. See, through our trust and faith in God, see, we gain strength, we gain endurance, we gain patience to finish our course. It's not time to get, get tired. Not at all. There's way too much work to be done. Way too many people that need to hear your words of encouragement. Way too many people need to hear your prayers that you have for them. Way too many people need to feel the love that God has given you. Way too many people right now that are seeking peace. It's not time for us to get tired. But what I suggest is let us run. Let us walk. Jog. Maybe crawl if you have to. But let's finish this work. Too many people need the Lord. And who better to tell them about Jesus than you? God bless you. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you today. We give you honor and glory. We want to just thank you, Lord, for the strength that you have given us to do the work that you have called us to do. Lord, seed time and harvest. 
Lord, our job and our objective, Lord God, is to seek your face, that we will have the right opportunities and time to tell people about the harvest that you have prepared, that we can tell them about the goodness of Christ, that you, Lord God, can empower those that we tell, Lord God, to walk this walk and talk this talk, and they themselves will be able to share with others, Lord God, that we as a pyramid, Lord God, as the body of Christ will just continue to spread out across this world, that every person under the sound of my voice, every person under the sound of your voice, and every person under the person that you talk to will continue to tell people about the good news of Christ. Lord, we thank you today. We praise you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Now, uh, I want to tell you right now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, ooh, what a better opportunity. I'm telling you right now, I, I just got to talk about Jesus. I get excited when I'm talking about Jesus and all the things he's done for me. I'm, I don't know where I would be at today had it not been for Christ. And I, I like to say like some other people, I guess I've been saved multiple times because at many times I decided to do things on my own. But God always had a pull on my life. He always put things in my way to say, hey, that is not who you are. I'm telling you now, none of us are perfect. None of us. But guess what? Every, every one of us have a past. And that past, a lot of us, that past does not reflect God. But we also have a future that if we depend and trust and lean on God, he will give us strength to complete this task that we have in front of us. And that task will be a reflective of God. Listen, I, I saw a funeral uh, this week. Uh, one of our members uh, had somebody pass away and it was a beautiful funeral. Uh, in the sense of it was a homegoing ceremony. Everything about that was about how good and how this person had left an impression on everybody, how they never had a, a mumbling word, how they had suffered with a, a debilitating disease for 19 years, but in that they kept giving God the praise and they didn't even stop doing the work in the ministry. They continued to do the work in the ministry until their last day. What a testimony to say in the end of your time that you have done all you can do, that you never gave up, and that you never completed and you trust God. What a reward she will receive. Today, I'm telling you, you could be that same person. You have an opportunity, as long as you haven't closed your eyes, you have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to accept him into your life and to walk in relationship with him and the Father. If you would like to know that today, we're going to walk through this because the Bible tells us in John 14 and 6, it said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through the Son. John, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, under the Roman road, says, thou, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you don't know Jesus today and you would like to know him, just close your eyes and repeat after me. Father God, I'm a sinner of need of your forgiveness. Lord, enter into my life. Clean me today. I accept and believe that you died on the cross, that you rose again for my sake. And Lord, I commit my life to you today in Jesus name. Amen. So uh, offering. Thank God. Thank you all that has been giving us offering and providing offering to the church. Uh, it is it is a blessing as we start to transition from one location to another. Uh, I would like to, uh, if you would like to give a, continue to give an offering, a donation, a tithes, uh, please visit our website, www.wotm.net. I know we had a problem with it sometime this week, but we've got it all worked out now. So please visit www.wotm.net and uh, please give your, your tithes and offering if that's God put on your heart. I just want to thank everybody for the help for building this ministry and the things that we're standing for. We're standing for the word of God. We're standing to share the word of God. We stand, we stand to be a standard keeper. We're standing that when people, uh, they see us, they know that we, we love the Lord and everything about us is, it, it exudes love for God, not for money, not for prestige, none of that nonsense. We just want people to get saved. 
And we want those folks to get saved to tell other folks to get saved. And we want to empower people and equip people to go out and tell people about the good news of Christ. We want to have a story one day that, you know what? Hey, just like the guy William Carey, he did this thing for seven years and no one received Jesus. But on that on that day uh, in, in 1800, that one man came and he baptized him in the river. And that man accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Listen, it wasn't because of William Carey, but it was because of his consistent, his persistence and his faithfulness to God that God delivered that man from all the things that he was enduring and going through that he would accept him as Lord and Savior. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Just trust the Lord and know that he will empower you to do what you need to do. Thank you.